0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, I mean, today is the sixth Sunday of the fifty Jewish days, and it's the last Sunday before uh, the Feast of Pentecost, which is the coming Sunday. And it's only Sunday between the Feast of Ascension and the Feast of the Pentecost. So if we are coming this morning to the church, and we have something in our mind that we are missing something, or we are not enjoying the full risen life of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church is encouraging us in this week that it is not only now. It's not not only now, it's at all times. There is a hope and there is a great hope in him. So let me start with you with the words of Saint Augustine. And again, he is not contemplating. He is telling us our new realities. So please focus on these words and listen to it word by word. Today he is telling us about the feast of Ascension. Today our Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. Are we watching him? Are we saying he is a hero because he is able to go up to the heaven? No, there is something we need to participate in it. Let our hearts ascend with him. We'll hear it in a few minutes. We lift up your hearts and we say we have them with the Lord. Which Lord? The risen ascended Lord. Listen to the words of the Apostle, if you have risen with Christ, set your hearts on the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Seek the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. Then he is adding, and again, this addition is for you and for me. For just as he remained with us even after his ascension, we believe he is with us on the altar by his real body and blood, he is in us and he is with us at all times. So we too are already in heaven with him. Again, it is not a figure of a speech. If we are the living members of the body of Christ, our head is in heaven and are connected with this head day and night. For just as he remained with us after his ascension, so we too are already in heaven with him. Even though what is Promised us has not yet been fulfilled in our body. Yes, our body is still on earth. And we are sure in his second coming we'll ascend with him once more. So he's telling us see your new realities. Saint Basil was telling us it's time not to contemplate on a spiritual manner in the words of God. But he's telling us contemplate? No. He's telling us we have to live the actual realities of things to come. This is the actual realities that we need to enjoy every day and every minute in the church. So we are going to connect the gospel of today with the Hebrews chapter nine. Why? It shows us there is a real heavenly altar and this heavenly altar is now not only symbolized in in the church, it is the actual realities. How we can ascend and be risen with him as such, So the promise we heard it today in John chapter 16, in that day you will ask in my name and I don't say to you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you. So what are you going to do, our Lord? I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. I leave the world. Why did you come and why are you leaving now? because there is a big disconnection between us and him. So he accepted to descend from heaven into earth to connect us with him, to unite us with him, and then to take us up with him once more. These were the explanation of St. Augustine, and now the Lord, and we'll read it now from the gospel that we read, and from Hebrews 9, how we are ascending, how each liturgy is not a symbol, it's the contemplation of the actual realities of what we believe in. Then he told us there is an altar. In Hebrews chapter 9, and please when you go home, read both again. John 16 and Hebrews 9. 11 and 12 he is saying, but Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come was the greater and more perfect tabernacle. He was comparing Moses as our Lord Jesus Christ. Not made with hands that that is not of his creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place. Why? And when once for all. In the Western churches, he said once for all 22,000 years ago. For us, once for all and forever. We are not making a new liturgy. We are not making or not uh, crucifying our Lord once more. He, he did it once and his act remain eternal. We are enjoying the eternal Jesus, his eternal acts of death and resurrection. Then he's adding, St. Paul, in the same epistle, in uh, the, high, the most high place, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption for you and for me. And he's telling me now and telling you, are you enjoying this eternal redemption every minute of your life? by a real full life of repentance, confessing my sins and enjoying the unity with the body and the blood of Christ. Then he added for if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer, sprinklings the unclean, sanctified for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ? We believe in every single word in the Old Testament. We know the story and we know the Great five sacrifices. We know every feast in the Jewish tradition symbolizes that Christ is coming. And now the question is for you and me. How much more shall the blood of Christ do it? If there there was a great celebration in each and every feast in the Old Testament, what about our real feast in the New Testament, which was done once for all and forever, as we said a few minutes ago? And he's adding to us in the same chapter, verse 19. Now, there was at one point an earthly altar. He is telling us, He took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. He's quoting here Exodus chapter 24. He's telling us, Moses did this. He split the blood of the... Sacrifice into two, he sprinkled part on the altar, the half of it, and the other half on the book, and on the and told them, "Now you are under the covenant." Again, this is a shadow of good things to happen in the New Testament. What happened in the New Testament, how much more, and it's much greater. Then he is telling us likewise. Then likewise, he sprinkled sprinkled the blood with the blood both the tabernacle and the vessels of the ministers. And according to the law almost all things are purified with the blood and without shedding of the blood there is no remission of sins this is what has been done in the old testament and we believe it and we see that every time we read the book of leviticus it shows us how this blood was able to cleanse them temporarily, waiting for the coming messiah but now for you and for me here is the realities the contemplation of the realities He's telling us, therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with this. But the heavenly things themselves was better sacrifice than all this. It's the blood of Christ. And now he is opening heaven to us. Yes, we sang many songs in the feast of the ascension and we were going to sing it till that feast of Pentecost to say we have a place. The heavenly altar has been opened and we see it every time when we come to the liturgy is adding to us for christ has not entered the holy places made with hands which are copies of the true but into heaven itself was it again once for all is it finished no once for all and forever is adding into heaven itself now not 2000 two years ago now which means eternally now to appear in the presence of God for us. He's telling you, are you praying and you feel that your prayers are not passing the ceiling of your room? Believe that your prayers now, it is in front of the throne of the Heavenly Father because it's in Christ. When we hear it, lift up your hearts, it's the contemplation of the actual realities. We are in Him. He is presenting the whole church now to appear in the presence of God for us all. Let us not imagine, but let us live these realities in the next few minutes of the liturgy. May the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.